tonight. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Genesis 41. I want to I continue to prep us for this year. I really believe that God has got something awesome for us this year. And, uh, and you're going to want to take notes because I want to preach messages that you need to dissect during the week. You need to be able to say, God, how does this apply to me? And I believe tonight, um, there are people here tonight, I believe this is going to be a catalyst for your year. I believe there's some things here, if you take a hold of it, it's going to really shift your year. You know, the problem with God's word is, is for those who want it, you know. It's for those who appropriate themselves of his word. And I believe he's got a powerful word for us tonight as we continue to look at why, what do we mean when we say the best is yet to come. Um, and I want to illustrate this tonight with a story from the Bible, a man named Joseph I want to show you through his story, as I always tell you that when you read in scriptures the right way, you got to replace that person's name with your name. you got to see yourself in scripture. That's why we read scriptures. That's why it's so powerful that these ancient writings are still so real to us today because God intended for them to just be an example for how we're supposed to live as well. You know, and so Joseph is one of those guys. We could use other guys, but man, his story is incredible. But here's how I want to do this tonight. I want to start from the catalyst, from the, like, the, the catalyst of his moment in his dream, and then I want to walk, walk, work my way back, okay? And, and, and you're going to see why I'm doing this, and I believe along the way, God's going to speak to you. Can you say amen? amen? So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis 41, which is right in the most powerful moment of his life, something that he was Yearning and longing for this moment. Hey, the guy went through some stuff to get to this moment. Right? I told you, when you're reading the Bible, you're reading highlights. But, but if you really pay attention, which, by the way, if you want to see the full spectrum of this, go home and read Genesis 37 through 45. Okay? Genesis 37 through 45 give, will give you the full journey of Joseph, which in those, what, what is that, eight chapters? There's 13 years of journey right there. Okay, in eight chapters, there's 13 years of journey because everybody thinks things happen overnight. Okay, 13 years of journey to get to this point, and he's coming out of jail for being wrongly accused. It's one thing to go to jail because you deserve to go to jail. It's another thing to go to jail because someone wrongly accused you, which was a cougar that he wouldn't sleep with, who decided, I, I, I'm going to accuse Joseph. It's a desperate housewife. Okay, who got in his way, uh, and he spent a couple of years in jail because of a desperate housewife. Stay away from them, in Jesus' name. He stood away, and he still went to jail because she accused him, wrongly accused him. But it's amazing to me that all things work together for good. God knew what he was doing. And so here he is coming out of jail because in jail, he, he, he was able to interpret someone's dream. And now this person forgot about Joseph. All of a sudden, Pharaoh has a dream. And he can't, no one can seem to understand why this dream happened to Pharaoh. And the guy was like, wait, time out. There's a guy in jail. God will never forget you. You think God forgot you. He didn't forget you. He's got a timing and a purpose for everything. The guy says, wait, time out. Wait, I'm here because of him. He interpreted a dream for me, and that's why I'm here. Like, he can do this for you. 
Right? And so here, here he is, Joseph. We're picking up from Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh has a crazy dream. He can't shake it. And he's like, man, who in this land can help me understand what's going on? And so this is where we're picking up the story from, uh, 41 verse 28. This, this, is, this is Joseph explaining to Pharaoh. He says, this will happen just as I have described it. For God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity by God. Throughout the land of Egypt. But afterward, there will be seven years of famine. So great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. He's saying, like, the fact that you had it twice, God is making sure you know, like, this is about to go down. Therefore, Pharaoh... Watch this. Not only does he have a dream, but he has the strategy for the dream. Pay attention to that. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away. And guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way, there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, Clearly, no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a higher rank than yours. That's incredible. Here's a man that was just in jail. And now he is pretty much the vice president of of Egypt. God hasn't forgotten about you. God has a perfect timing and a place for everything he wants to do in your life. Right? But the key tonight that I want to talk to you about is, I believe, as Joseph prophesied, there's a year of abundance coming. I believe it. I believe 2017 is a year of abundance. It's a year of the more. Right? But the key is, it requires diligent preparation. Notice that he tells them the dream, but then he tells them how to prepare for this to happen. Because he said, listen, also with this is going to come famine. But if you prepare well, the famine won't hurt you. Are, you. are you tracking so far? Okay. There's prosperity and then there's famine. But your preparation will make sure that you don't suffer the famine that's coming your way. Joseph's story is a great illustration of abundance and preparation. Again, go home and read the whole thing. If you, if you dissect Joseph's story, there's four things that I want to zero in tonight on this man Joseph because I believe this man Joseph is also you. I believe this is what God wants to do in your life. Do you believe it for yourself? Right? But if you dissect it, there's four things that I want to talk to you about tonight. Number one is Joseph was a dreamer. Number two, Joseph was a strategist. Number three... Are you following? Joseph was a hard-working man. No amens there. 
And then number four, which kind of brings all this together, is that the Lord was with him. Every step of the way, the Bible keeps saying, but the Lord was with Joseph. So I want to I talk about these four things with you tonight. Again, take notes because I believe this can be very personal. I believe this is a word for you to empower you to have a great year. Can you say amen? amen? Number one, he was a dreamer. If you go back to the beginning of Joseph's story, you pick it up. He's, the Bible tells you he was 17 years old. He's a teenager when he received his first dream. But because he was a teenager, he received his first dream, he did what teenagers would do. He told it to the wrong people. Because when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're younger, immature, you think everybody's with you. When you're young and immature, you think that because something is good for you, you think that everybody's going to say, yeah, that's good for me too. Actually, when he told his story, his brothers hated him even more, the Bible says. The reason why his brothers hated him so much is because Jacob showed extra favor to Joseph. Actually, he showed him so much favor that the Bible says he gave him this, this coat of many colors that stood out. Right? Like, in other words, there was so much favor on Joseph's life that he stood out. I believe God's about to put so much favor on you that you're going to stand out. But as you stand out, you got to be careful who you share your dreams with. Because not everybody is for you. Some people will smile at you, but they're jealous of you. Some people will say all the right things, but their spirit will say something else. And you got to discern your way through your dreams. Because he told it to the wrong people, and they hated him all the more. And because they hated him all the more, it brought some consequences. But you know, when you're walking with the Lord, even those things, God can work out. It's amazing because in one of the verses, it says that he was coming to the field to see his brothers. And they saw him from far. They were like, oh, look, that dreamer. Mocking him, right? But not realizing that in a mockery, they were actually prophesying. Because, yeah, his dreams will come to pass in Jesus' name, right? Sometimes when people are mocking you, they're actually helping you if you're paying attention. I remember when I got saved, and I didn't know I had a call to preach. I just started preaching to anybody I can find. And my friends started saying, here comes the priest. Little did they know, they were prophesying over me that one day I was going to be a priest or a pastor, whatever you want to call it, right? Why? Because God works all things out. For your good, if you're working with him, if you're walking with him. Romans 8.28 gave us that promise that the Lord will work everything out. And so they were so jealous of him, they wanted to kill him. You listen, the enemy, as I told you last week, is here to kill, steal, and destroy. So you got to pay attention because that's not your portion. In other words, you have a dream, there's going to be some battles with it. That effect is the people that would stand the battles that are able to see the dreams come to pass. Some people, the moment they get a little paper cut, they already gave up. I'm not talking to those people tonight. I want to talk to some believers tonight who have a fight in them. Some people who have a fight in them. Because they, they, they want to kill his dream, just like the enemy wants to kill your dream. And so one of them had a little bit of sense and said, wait, we shouldn't kill him. Let's sell him. <laughs> How's that? Like, we're not killing him. Let's just sell him. You know? And so they sell him. Right? They sell him and they lie to their father that, that, he, that, that he was killed by an animal. Man, you're talking about family. This is family. Man, if family is treating you this way, never mind your enemies. 
But what's fascinating about Joseph's story, once again, is he's sold to slavery by his own brothers. He's in a foreign land. He's in Egypt now, away from home. But what's amazing, Joseph still prospers. Can I prove it to you? Watch this. He gets sold, right? And, and uh, he, he, a man named Potiphar buys him. But watch this, what the Bible says right in the beginning of that, of that moment. Genesis 39 says this way. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was the captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Well, watch this. Verse 2 is so good. Underline this verse on your Bible. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. You know what I love about Joseph? Sold by his own family in a foreign land, a.k.a. an immigrant, but he still made it. Like, did you catch that? Like, Joseph was not one of those people that become victims to his circumstances. Joseph was one of those people that rises above his circumstances because he knows who he is in God. Like, he knows who he serves. Right? We're either going to go through life making excuses or we're going to make moves. He's in a foreign place. He's an immigrant. He doesn't even know the language. He has to learn the language. He has to learn the custom. But he still makes it. Why? Because of his mindset. I can guarantee you this. Life happens in the mind. Your mindset will determine your year. Your mindset will determine your breakthrough. Too many people spend all day long telling you all the reasons why they won't succeed. I'm praying tonight that we have a room full of Joseph who say, man, go ahead. You, you hated on me. You sold me. And, and I'm in a foreign land. But guess what? The Lord is with me. I'm still going to find a way to succeed. I'm still going to find a way. Because with God, nothing is impossible when you're walking with him. Please write this down. You got to have a victor mindset in life. Stop being a victim to your circumstances. I got news for you. Things will go bad. But God works all things out for good. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Can you say amen? Amen. He had a victor mindset and he still succeeded. To the point that Potiphar was like, man, just run my house. There's so much favor on Joseph that he goes to a foreign land and the person that buys him says, you can run things for me. I believe God's favor is on you. That you'll be able to run your company. That you'll be able to run your house. The kids don't run your house. You run your house. Right? That you will be able to run the things that God has put in front of you Amen. without making any excuses. Because everybody has a reason not to. That's right. All of us have a sad story. And man, if I open up the mic right now, we will all be crying. Right. <laughs> and then this happened to me. And then that happened to me. Oh, you have nothing. You show me. Let me show you what happened to me. <laughs> hey, we have a cry fest tonight. I don't want to have a cry fest. I want to have a victory fest tonight. <laughs> I want to have a victory fest. I want to hang out with some people who are victors in Jesus' name. So tonight, I got to ask you, do you have dreams? Do you have dreams? Because God speaks to you through dreams. And I don't mean just going to bed kind of dreams. I mean like wide open dreams. Do you have dreams? Because, because please write this down. Dreams bypasses the natural intellect. It gets into your spirit. If Joseph would have focused on the natural circumstances, there's no way we would be talking about him today. The the dreams was in his spirit. Because God speaks to you in your spirit. That's why we tell you, when you come to church, you can do the natural thing and just do church, or you can go into the spirit and have a moment with God that will change your life. 
See, two people will go to church. One person, they just did the natural thing. The other person did the spirit thing, and something happened to them that changed their lives. You got to think in the spirit, because in the natural, you can get easily discouraged. You can get easily frazzled if you just look at life in the natural like there's no God. You got to look in the spirit. Why? Because God lives in the spirit realm. And God communicates to your spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. It's how God speaks to us. But here's the thing about dreams. God will give you a dream in a raw form first. Please write that down. God doesn't give you the full dream. He gives you the raw form dream. Why? Because God created you to create. So God will give you a seed. And he will make the tree. But when he gives you that seed, he's expecting you to plant it. He's expecting you to water it. He's expecting you to cultivate it. He's expecting you to remove the weeds so that you can actually see the tree come to pass. You don't make the tree happen. You do the seeding. And God does the tree. When was the last time you met someone who's like, I made this tree? If they said that, they're lying to you. What they did is they planted the seed. God gives the growth and makes a tree come. A seed is so tiny, but once it grows... Depending on what, 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 what you planted, you're going to see the results of that. That's right. But nothing happens without you first sowing. That's right. It's what I'm telling you. You want to have a good year? Come sow in prayer. Come show God how desperate you are. Right. Come show God that you, do, you refuse to try to do life on your own. That's right. Because God's not going to force anything on us. Yeah. God's like ready to bless those who seek him. The Bible says he, he, he loves to bless people that diligently comes after him. That no one who comes to him will leave empty-handed. There's a difference between going to God and going to religion. You can go to religion, come back empty every single time. But when you go to God in the spirit, I guarantee you, you, you'll be the first person in the history that came back empty-handed. Because God is faithful. Can I, can I, listen, we're going to go a little bit slow tonight because I feel like this, we need to get in our spirit tonight. Dreams come in raw form. But he empowers you to develop it. So I want to tell you tonight, it's time to dream again. If you don't have a dream, you're dying. You may not be dying physically, but you're dying emotionally and spiritually. That's why some people are bored in church. They don't have anything to drive them. And it's a sad life to live without something to look forward to. What do you think made Joseph get up in Egypt? Because he knew he had a dream. What makes a person sold by his brothers away from his house, still get up and say, I'm going to be the best Joseph in this house. Why? Because he knows God is with me, and he already spoken to me that he's going to do some things with me. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. Something powerful about a dream. It's time to resurrect some dreams tonight. You need space to dream. I know, I know we live in a society where we're always going and always busy, and, and, and what the problem with that is when you stop, you realize I'm not doing anything. I'm busy doing nothing. Sometimes I'm driving to work. I pray for people driving because I'm like, God, everybody's in a rush, but where are we going? Sometimes in church, like when we say amen, it's like an exodus. I'm like, where are we going? In a rush to go nowhere, you need to give yourself space to dream. That's why I'm telling you the prayer times are so powerful because you're there. God is downloading stuff, stuff that you don't even know is downloading yet. Stuff that you don't even know is put it in you yet. 
There's been times that I've read scriptures that I'm like, I don't even know I'm reading this. And then a week later, two weeks later, it, it, it's exactly what I needed or someone else needed. Yeah, because when you're in the spirit, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. You're thinking you're just, you're just there. God's like, no, I'm downloading stuff. Yeah. I'm ministering to your soul, to the part of you that is not in the natural. Can you say amen? amen? What's powerful about Joseph is he consulted God about his dreams. There's two types of dreams. There's, there's me-led dreams or Holy Spirit-driven dreams. Yeah. See, sometimes you see people prospering, but I get concerned. I'm like, is that truly prosperity without God? Because there's natural prosperity, but then there's spiritual prosperity. I believe God wants to prosper you in both. Amen. I, I don't think it's, God just wants to prosper you in, in heaven someday. No, I believe God wants to prosper you now. That's right. Actually, Joseph's story is a great illustration of that. Yeah. It wasn't when he got to heaven. Yeah. It, was, it was here in Egypt, in a foreign land. Can you say amen? amen. But here's the thing. Write this down. His, his dreams were bigger than him. That's when you know it's a God-given dream. When it's not yours, it affects way more than you. You know, when I hear people say things like, I just want to do me, I'm like, that's too small. That's way too small. This year, I just want to do me. Well, you can do that, but that's tiny. How about you say, God, what do you have for me? What do you have in store for me? Like, you created me. Like, I'm not here by coincidence or mistake. There's got to be a, a, a reason, a purpose, a longing that you put inside of me. That's what prayer is about. It's about that longing, God. What is it that I'm here for? Because I don't want to live aimlessly. Right. I want to have a purpose to get up in the morning. Right. His dreams were motivated by the Holy Spirit. But with dreams, he had strategy. That's number two. Because, write this down, a dream without strategy is just wishful thinking. You ever met people, they're always like up to something but up to nothing? I know some people like that, yo, I got this thing going on. And then six months later, yo, I got this thing going on. But it's like, yo, where is it? Where, where is this thing? Because you always got something going on, but you got nothing going on. Why? Because it's wishful thinking. A dream needs to have strategy. That's why the Bible says to write the vision and make it plain. You know what that means? It means I need to sit down and write it down and see it in written form so I can have a starting point. What is God speaking to you about? You need to write it down. What is God saying that you, you're supposed to accomplish this year? You need to write it down. Joseph had a strategy. And you notice when you read, he said two things to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's like, man, you're, you're the guy. Two things, right? Write this down. It requires discernment and wisdom. That's right. He says, you, I'm going to give you a dream, but I'm going to give you discernment and wisdom to know how to operate in that dream. I told you this before. I said it again. The greatest need of our day is discernment. I'm seeing people in church with no discernment. How do I know that? Because there's no way if you have discernment, you'll be sleeping with that joker. There's no way. There's no way if you have discernment, you'll be hanging out where you're hanging out. It blows my mind, people in church, but with no discernment. And we wonder why our lives are not acting up, are not adding up. Because we're living aimlessly. Anything will do. Any, any opportunity, yeah, I'll jump in. What about asking God, is this the right opportunity? Is this the right move? Is this the right dude? Is this the right girl? Is this the right job? Because discernment is the spirit. In the natural, it looks good. But what about in the spirit? Where is this leading me in the spirit? It's what you got to ask. 
God will give you discernment freely. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm amazed sometimes people asking for gifts, but I'm like, why don't you ask for discernment? Because that will go a long way. Discernment and wisdom. You know why he says wisdom and not knowledge? Because you, you can have knowledge, but wisdom is not how to apply it. There are people way smarter than all of us. Question is, what are you doing with it? <laughs> you ever met people that are so smart they're dumb? <laughs> like they're amazingly smart that you're like, yo, they don't even know how to take a cab. <laughs> wisdom is being street smart. Come on, that's good. Wisdom is knowing how do I operate now? Yeah. How do I make this happen? Let me just put it in lame terms. Wisdom is hustle. The right hustle. Okay. Wisdom is knowing, man, this is what it's going to take for me to go from here to here. This is what the Bible says. And he gave Pharaoh four things. You pay attention. He told Pharaoh four things. He said, listen, you've got to gather the excess, store the grain, appoint overseers, and take a fifth. Right? So you've got to ask some questions tonight. Please write these questions down because, again, this is for people who are serious about a good year. Okay? So... So these questions, how does this translate to us today? I'm going to ask you some questions. Write these questions down because you, you need to speak over these questions. Number one, what is your strategy for the abundant life? Like, what's your strategy? If you just get up in the morning aimlessly, what's the point? And I would go as far as, as the youngest person in this room right now. You are in high school. What's your strategy? Because, because, because most kids in high school don't have a strategy. That's why they end up doing dumb stuff. True. When you're not aiming for anything, you, you go for anything. He who aims at nothing hits it every time. What's your bullseye? That you're like, man, I'm not going to drift from the bullseye. What is it? Can I talk to the young people for a second? Yo, listen, you could be a joker today. You'll be known as a joker that's cleaning the kid's car a few years from now. Because he was doing his thing, and you were just being a joker. I'm like, I'm so funny. Funny don't pay bills. Funny don't open doors. Work hustle does. So go ahead and be a joker all you want. That's all you're going to be known for. I'm meeting people today who were like the, the bomb in high school. But I'm like, you're the bomb didn't get you anywhere. What are you doing now, Napoleon? <laughs> right? It's like we're, we're putting our energy in all the wrong stuff. And what a waste. Because, because the problem is the more we don't have a strategy, the more time is wasted. Number two is what steps do you need to take? Some people will say, oh, man, I want to do this. But it's like, okay, well, what's the steps? I want to buy a house. What's your credit? Let's start there. Have you checked your credit recently? And then how are you going to get your credit to where it needs to be? You can't just magically erase the credit and put a new credit in there. What steps do you need to take? Number three, what do you need to gather? What information do you need? What resources do you need to get the dream to come to pass? Because it's not just going to fall on your lap. These are serious questions. Yeah. I, I want to talk to some believers tonight who are serious yeah. about a good year. He said appoint overseers. You know what that is? Who do you need to appoint? Maybe you need some accountability in your life. 
Some people that's going to keep you on the straight and narrow to say, man, some people that can check in on your dreams. How are you doing with that? You know, that's maturity. Without maturity, we don't grow. I, I, I'm so glad we were talking about this. I'm so glad that I have accountability. You know, before I preach this message, every Saturday I send my message to Pastor Steve. What do you think? Every single week. Why? Because here's a mentor that has been there, done that. Show me. Am I on the right track? Who do you need to appoint over your life? Some people are not blessed because they have no accountability. They do whatever. They do whatever. And not realizing that, man, you're, you're just aimlessly living life with no one to check on you. Who checks on your finances? If you're making the right moves. You know, she wasn't kidding about the Walgreens thing. It's true. I go to Walgreens, I'm like, ah, I wish I had cash so she doesn't know. You know? Talking about accountability. You know? Just being real. And then, and then here, here, again, here's where the sermon comes in. He said, take a fifth, right? What does a fifth represent for you? Because we're all unique. What is the Lord saying to you? Because if you're paying attention, if you sit down with the Lord this week and you begin to ask these questions, Lord, out loud, watch if you want to say some things back to you. I guarantee you, you ask the Lord these questions, in a day or two, you're going to start getting some answers. You may not like them, but he's going to give them to you. And then he's going to bless you. Write it down. Begin to develop the strategy for the year. It's got to be a strategy. You don't get to where you need to get by accident. You get what you need to get by being intentional. Can you say amen? amen? And then number three, he began to work on it. Did you notice? He didn't just say it. He didn't just give him the strategy. When, when, when Pharaoh said, you're the man, Joseph's like, the next verse immediately, Joseph, is scouting the land. What do you need to scout? You better scout that dude before you say yes to him. You better have 21 questions, plus a few more. You know, one of the things that man, breaks my heart for this generation, they don't realize that, that everything you put on Facebook is keeping you from a job. That blows my mind. Like, we just say whatever we want to say. Not realizing that nowadays, no one hires you before checking your Facebook. Like the real companies. Yeah, <laughs> the ones that are for serious. Like, we don't take a student in at our school before we check their Facebook. Like, we interview a student, the moment we leave, we're like, Facebook, I want you to go back. Like, not this week, because this week you knew he was coming in. Let's go back. Let, let's see what's good about this kid because we care about our school too much. The school is too important to just let any knucklehead in here. Can you say amen? amen? And any company is too serious to just let any knucklehead come in. And any church is too serious to let anybody minister. Come on now. Tell people like this, this weird concept of, you know, church is a place for, you know, everybody because we're all sinners. But, you know, we're sinners saved by grace to now live right. And not to live shady is to live in the light. You know, I always hear this stuff. You know, it's supposed to be a hospital. You know, I think it's a battleship and it has an infirmary. Yeah, come on. Come on. I think the church is a battleship and it has an infirmary. When you get shot, yeah, we're going to patch you up. But it ain't a hospital. Why? Because people don't hang out at a hospital. 
No one says, hey, I'm going to the house. You want to come? We ain't hanging out. We like the smell and the food. <laughs> Who says that? Every time I visit the hospital, I can't wait to leave. The smell and the food kills me. Come on, are you with me? Hard work. Watch what the Bible says in, in Philippians. This is a powerful verse about what salvation really is. Look, it says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Are you really saved? It shows in your work. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. How cool is that? God's working on you, but he's like, man, you better work too. I'm going to work as hard as you work. That's why we say you reap what you sow. Because if you're working, God will bless you. If you put your hands to the plow, God is right there with you. Problem is, a lot of times Christianity has become this wishful thinking. I pray and then I sit. Actually, if I'm really praying, there's an action that comes with that prayer. There's a waiting period, yes, but there's also an action period that comes with the prayer. Can you say amen? Every time you see Jesus praying in the Bible, he always follows with, now let's go. Every time. He finishes praying, all right, we got to go hit this village now. Or we got to go to this person's house now. Why? Because prayer leads to action. Can you say amen? Amen. Joseph put his hands to the plow. So here's here's a couple more questions. What goals do you have for this month? This month. Can't let this month go by without accomplishing some things. And you want to get more interesting? What goals do you have for this week? Because weeks becomes months. And months becomes years. What are you zeroing on this week. What will you do each day to make sure you're adding to your dream? He's in Potiphar's house and he's working hard. That blows my mind. That's a man that's like, man, I'm going to make the best of where I am right now. Because where you are is the catalyst for where you want to go. Too many people are like, yeah, I'm here. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Right? You heard me say, we have a lot of Captain Obvious. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, okay, so what? What did I change? What revelation did you get? <laughs> what did you get yeah. from, from stating the obvious? That's why, I mean, this fast Facebook is so good because you just walk away from the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> get away from it, man. I'm telling you, man, it's so refreshing. Because people got nothing to say. But they have so many opinions, though, about nothing. What will you do each day? I want to give you some tips tonight. Because, again, I'm serious about this. I want to give you some, some practical things. Listen, how about you read a book that is going to help with your dreams? I hate reading. Oh, you hate failing. Good for you. You hate reading. Man, we live in a day and age where you can buy audiobooks. Even audio Bibles. Read something that's going to strengthen your dream. And I would I would put a parenthesis between read a book and shut off the TV. Like what else are we gonna watch? Other people live. Number two, take a class or a seminar. That is going to edify your dreams. 
You know, sometimes you may not be able to go somewhere, but guess what? There's online seminars all the time. Yeah. I take one every few months. Every time I find one, it's like, man, how can I learn? How can I use this hour to make myself better? Take a class. Look up seminars about your dream. Develop the right relationships. Network. Listen, I've said this. It's the wrong people in your life right now that's holding you back. I know I catch flack because I talk a lot about this. Because I care too much. That I catch flack when I talk about this. You're always talking about that. Yes, because it's the wrong people in your life. Always bringing it down. Yeah, no big deal. Oh, this church stuff, no big deal. What is a big deal? What is a big deal anymore? If not our dreams. What is a big deal? You know, what? when I was in college, I had a moment, an epiphany. <laughs> I love my boys. Good people. But I remember having the people, I, we were in a room watching a movie because we used to love watching movies. I remember sitting there, I didn't say a thing, but I just had this moment. I was sitting there with them. I'm like, man, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to get a job. I want to get a wife. I want to move on because this ain't fun. Hey, at some point, we've got to wake up and say, man, who are the right people I need to connect with? And who cares about who says what? Oh, you think you're better than us? No, I'm trying to improve my life. Y'all ain't going to give me a job. <laughs> and hanging with you ain't giving me a wife neither. Come on, you with me? You, I told you, you got to pray, but also you got to push. You got to push and you got to pray. You got to be still enough to hear the next move. That's what I call the think thing. That's what to me is meditating is all about. Ay, right, God, where, where am I now? You're going to have some setbacks. That's time to meditate. It's not time to quit. Yeah. It's time to sit and say, right, how, do we, how do we adjust to this thing? Yeah. How do we make this work? Be still to hear God's direction for your life. Are you getting this tonight? Good, and then number four, the Lord was with him. Every step of the way. Throughout his journey, go read it for yourself. Every time you saw Joseph in a setback, the Bible will remind him the Lord was with him. When our dreams are from the Lord, his favor will be with us every step of the way. He will work everything out for good. Listen, all of it, they put him in a pit. They sold him. He's an immigrant. Cougar wife, desperate. Joseph says no. And I love that, by the way. God will honor your integrity. God will honor what you do in the dark. God will honor when nobody's watching if you do the right thing. God will honor that. He said no. You know what he said? Go read it for yourself. He says, I will never betray God and the person that put me in charge of their house. That's integrity, people. That's what we need in this nation. Our politicians, they talk. I'm like, what are you really saying? I don't know what you're saying. So I got to dissect through all your fluff to get to the truth. Some preachers, man, he, what are you saying? You ever watch TV late at night? Pre- what are you saying? Because right? of lack of integrity. Church, let's be a people who say what they mean and mean what they say. 
When the greatest test of integrity is what do we do when no one is watching? We can't be a person in church and another person on Tuesday. It's got to be real. Integrity means I'm one. That's what the word integrity means. I'm one. Right? I'm one. And and if I'm real with God, then I'm going to be one everywhere I am. The Lord was with him. In the end, I want to end right here. Listen, in the end, he has a, he, he could get back at his brothers. And he, he begins to because he's human. He's got that moment. He's like, oh, no, I got them. You ever feel that way? Let's be real in church. I've had that moment. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, now, now you're in my hands now. Then the Lord's like, yeah, but you're in mine too. Right? It begins to mess with them, but then he realizes, wait a minute. What am I doing? All of this worked out for me to be here. Watch this, right? Let me end with this verse right here. We're going to end right here. You guys can come up. Uh, Genesis 45. Look at this, right? He meets his brothers. He begins to talk with them. He changes his mind. He's like, man, I got to do the right thing here. Watch this. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said, again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. Church, can I just pause this for a second? You want to live a healthy life? Don't be bitter. You know what bitterness is? And resentment and unforgiveness? That's like you drinking poison but want someone else to die. Don't be bitter. You know what else is like? It's like you being behind bars but you have the keys. Don't be bitter. It's not going to take you anywhere. It's just going to hurt you. Look what he says. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. My dream was bigger than you. It was actually to bless you. This famine has ravaged the land for two years, will last for five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace, and the governor of all Egypt. My God, that's good. It was God all along. You know, I was praying all week, God, give us this mindset that it was you all along. Give us such a heart that we're so in tune with you that we can say the good, the bad, the ugly, God, we trust you with all of it. Because I don't want to live my life bitter or angry, frustrated, without unforgiveness. I want to live a free life, Lord. Because prosperity to me is not just money. It's be able to enjoy the money. It's be able to enjoy the, 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 the relationships. I got to, you know, if you have a business, what's the point of having it if you don't enjoy it? The Bible says you're supposed to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And a lot of times we, we're, having, we're having nervous breakdowns and ulcers and all this stuff. Why? Because of bitterness and unforgiveness. Tonight, I believe some of you, your step is to just let things go. Learn to, to, to release it to the Lord and see it, his perspective that he works all things for the good of those who love him. Yeah. I believe God is speaking to us and it's going to be a great year. Yeah. But let's pray that our dreams, our God-given dreams, that will bless many people for years to come. Yeah. You know, we dreamed about starting a church since college. Since college, we would talk about it. And I'll be honest with you, we haven't seen all of it yet. We, there's a lot more that I believe God shown us to do. Yeah. Right? But it's been three years. And you know, 
You, you, you guys that have been there, you know there's been so many people who have come and go. You know what I do? It's God's honest truth. I pray God bless them, whatever they are. Sometimes our church is a catalyst for them to go to the next one. So be it. God bless them, whatever they are, even if they don't stay. I don't want to have anything in my heart towards anybody. I want to be a blesser of people. Bless them. Just bless them. And there's been, some, there's been some hard moments in this dream. There's been some betrayals in this dream. There's been some people that I was supposed to count on that has let us down, and, and it hurts, and it breaks you. But then you got to say, God, it's been all you, though, because I wouldn't even have a dream if it wasn't for you. And so I don't want to leave my legacy behind because of this. I want to grab on to you, Lord, and focus on you. You know, having to move around is not easy. Get a call, and now i got to figure out, God, where are we going to have church? All this stuff is not easy, but man, it's worth it. Why? Because it's bigger than me. It's bigger than her. It's for all of us and for those to come. There's so many more that God wants to bless in this dream if we let God have his way. But I believe God's got individual dreams. It's not just for the church. It's for the individual. Pray tonight. You grab a hold of the word. Take some time this week and sit down with him and say, Lord, show me. Because I want to have a purpose in my, in my life. Come to prayer. Let them download some things. Be honest with yourself. Are there people in your life holding you back? Be real. Be real. And move yourself from those things that is going to hold you back. And have a strategy, a game plan. From the youngest to the oldest. You're never too old to dream. Moses was 80 years old when God gave him the dream to liberate the Israelites. Abraham, 120, to have a baby. Hello. With no, you know, I'm not going to keep saying Viagra, but I will. Never too old, never too young to dream. All of us. Would you stand with me as we pray to you?